0: All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. And uh, after a few technical issues, to say the least, um, we're, we're back to conversation now with my new friends, Tavis and Amy Guild. Thank you guys so much for making time for the Boca Podcast listeners today.
1: Yeah, you bet. We're happy to be here.
0: Well, and we're going to just dive right into conversation here. We're going to get to our, our topic about how to manage a team of photographers in just a bit. But to get us started, to, to kick things off, I'd love for you to share what, what we call here at the Boca Podcast, an aha moment that you may have experienced in your business that ultimately led to a shift, a positive shift for your business.
1: Yes. Yeah, so our, our aha moment is different, in a sense, because... Uh, And and really, I'm just going to dive right in here in terms of getting, you know, serious pretty fast is, uh, (laughs) you know, what, three years ago, right after our first son was born, Amy, unfortunately, she was hospitalized for a couple weeks. And as business owners, I'm sure you guys out there can can testify that (laughs) if you're out of your business for any amount of time, then uh, who knows what fires and stuff you'll have to put out when you get back in our case. We were actually uh, out for for multiple months because of some of the healing and surgeries and stuff involved wow. with with this. Yeah. And when we came back to our business, we we fully anticipated to do just that—to firefight, uh, to respond to all the emails, and to you know refund people, to book people, to you know pay bills. I mean, all that stuff. And to our amazing surprise, everything was taken care of, and the aha moment within that story is that, um, for years leading up to this point, um, we had been creating systems for our business, uh, systems all the way from, you know, how to book a client to how to pay to pay a bill, um, what to do when we're out of the office, all that stuff um, was accessible and available to our staff here. And so when we came back, they had everything taken care of for us. And in that particular season of life, we could not be happier and more excited about, OK, there's really something about you know creating these systems and being able to be, be in control even when you're not, in a sense. And so that was kind of our big aha was the ability and how, the power of creating systems, really.
2: Yeah. And we hate to start with such a downer story, but that really is a great example just of how systems saved us in that moment. And now we are a firm believer that everyone who wants to grow their business needs great systems in place.
0: Absolutely. It's so true. And it's it's a it's not the most sexy conversation in the world, right? I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you go to a photography conference, the last thing that you want to see on the headline is how to create great systems for your photography uh, business. Yeah. Know, uh, <laughs> but but the reality is that it really makes such a massive difference on multiple levels. Uh, and, and the mm-hmm. thing that I always say is, you know, business and art, they're not mutually exclusive. The cool thing about putting systems in place is that it ultimately frees you up to be the artist, to be the photographer. So for for those of our listeners who who certainly identify as the artist types and, and they hear the word systems and workflow and they cringe, um, the, the cool thing is those concepts, again, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. It also reminds me um, that this conversation reminds me of a book Uh, Called The Emith or The Emith Revisited, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, which is something, it's it's a book that's been pretty popular. We'll make sure to link to it in the show notes for our listeners. But did you learn these concepts through a book like that or through through class uh, or otherwise?
1: Yeah, we we were a part of a program called Systems for Success, and uh, we were blessed enough that the the actual creator of, of that program uh, lives here in Yakima, and so we were um, really kind of shoulder to shoulder. He was able to kind of not just uh, teach us how to create systems, but also kind of coach us in a sense through you know different seasons and 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 different struggles and and whatnot. And we really feel just. Blessed that we were able to have the the ability to to learn about those system things, but also it, it tracks right along with what you're saying with the E-Myth, uh things. It, it, it's a lot of the same content. And at the end of the day, the main point is, you know, for for all you listeners out there, is to if there's a task that you're doing over and over, if you were to create a system for that, then it, honestly, you're able to pass that system on as you you know grow and scale. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, the best example that was that was told Told to me when um, talking about systems was if you were to go to any mcdonald's pretty much on the face of the earth the experience is very similar very similar Now, the food you know tastes you know slightly different here or there uh, but for the most part the experience is very similar and, and that has everything to do with systems that they've put in place and they literally just copy paste that across every single um, you know mcdonald's that they open and so that's essentially the approach that we've taken with our companies
0: now I'm, I have to play devil's advocate here because I can hear the, the photographers, the artist types, listening in and saying, "But I'm I'm not a McDonald's. How dare you right. compare me to a McDonald's?" But in all seriousness, like, how would you how do how would you respond to that? How do you maintain kind of the the quality of art while also implementing systems that give you more freedom and more flexibility as a business owner?
1: So everyone has a, a unique skill set, right? They have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. Right. Um, we're a very big, uh, you know, advocate of saying, "Hey." Um, you know, Tavis is going to do what he's really good at. Amy's going to do what he's really good at. and the she's. Th- Or she's really good at. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking too far ahead in my, in my thought process here. And so uh, what, we're, what we do is, is for our weaknesses, we then find others that that is their strength. Mm-hmm. You know, as an artist, if you're the artist type, but maybe you're not the business type, maybe you're not the bookkeeper or the person, maybe, maybe you're not the person that likes to create systems. Right. Um, then find someone that that is their strength yes. and just say, hey, this is what I need to system for and you get to be the artist you get to have that you know right brained you know (laughs) experience and then let the other people um, do the things that aren't your strengths
2: well and it my response to your question too for like the artist versus the McDonald's is that um, you kind of have to determine to what your life goal is and your goal is for your business. So some people are like, this is my side thing and I'm just going to take care of it all, do the business, do the editing, whatever. But for us, we are like, no, we want to scale our business and we actually want more free time, which means we are going to have to hand more of these things over. And I believe there is a way to do it well. You know, uh, Tara for edit does our editing, our studio manager takes care of all the bookkeeping and these, all these things didn't happen overnight. You know, it is a process of typing up all the descriptions of how to do it well, but um, you know, once we have experienced that freedom and it does align with yes. our life's goals, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's an awesome feeling. So I think it can be done well.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, this is really, really good. I'm literally getting goosebumps as you guys are talking because, it. well, first of all, it very much aligns with my value set and, and certainly the things that we talk about here in the podcast. I just finished speaking about this very thing uh, at a mm-hmm. conference last week. Um, the significance of having this, uh, what I referred to in the conference, as a big-picture view, your mm-hmm. overarching goals, your, your why, ultimately, right? That, that yeah. drives what you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. That is so absolutely vital. Before you even get into creating the systems, you, you have to understand what your personal goals are, structure the business to support that, and, um, and and then you're just going to be so much happier, certainly as an individual, but as a business owner as well. So that that's a really great reminder as well. And, and I'm, I'm sure that this plays into um, what we're going to talk about next, which is you guys, your family and how you create time for yourselves. Tell us a little bit about your family and, and what you like to do with your free time.
2: Well, we've been married for nine years. We got married young and then we had our son, our firstborn um, three years ago. His name's Lincoln. And then our daughter, Jovi, is about to turn one. So I would say that timing worked out well because we had a little bit of time to get all our business systems in place first before sure. adding kids in the mix. <laughs> yeah. um, and now that we do have them, we have been able to enjoy some free time with them. And we live in Washington state. So I feel like there's a lot to do around <clears throat> here, whether it to be visit the mountains or go to the lake or, you know, different things where, where we live, but just in our small personal time here and there, I like to scrapbook. Tavis likes to play guitar and we're involved yeah. in our church.
0: Yeah. And, and scrapbooking was, is a really has a passionate community behind it, doesn't it? I, I know that it did yeah. years ago. Is oh, it still yeah. that way?
2: Yeah. Well, now I use an app called Project Life, and I actually do it all on my phone. So it's kind of just like a little journaling here, a couple pictures added there. So it's not like I have to... Bring out all my paper and everything like I used to. I can just do it on my phone, which works out well for me with having the kids with me all the time.
1: <laughs> so Nathan put it this way: our life is very well documented. You can could, you could pull out an uh, album from any month and just say, "Oh, this is this is what the Guilds did." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's so. If you're prepping it on your phone, though, do you end up printing it out, or is how does that? End?
2: Yeah, I just order them and then I put them in the sleeves and put them in albums, and I probably have like. 15 albums now.
0: No way. That's so cool. I still have an album of my, my parents created for me as I was growing up. And my mom would manage this. And, and I have images all the way back to, of course, when I was just just born, uh, all mm-hmm. the way up into high school. And then she gave that to me. And, and I still go back to the images all the time. It's so neat to be able to, to look back and remember and Review those memories with friends, with family. It's and and I, I know that your kids are going to appreciate that too, even as much as they might give you a hard time over the next few yeah. years about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ultimately yeah. have those memories to look back to, so that's that's really really great. And then yeah. and then, Tabitha, do you get involved in the scrapbooking, or what, what do you like to do with your time?
1: <laughs> no, no. She supports me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I support uh, I support you know whatever she wants to do there, but it, but it is it is fun. It's I'm I'm not a scrapbooker. but you know for for me, um, and, and honestly. Honestly, for, for your listeners, too, when you, you talked about that why, you know, if you ever get into Simon Sinek stuff, you know, you, you know, finding that why, you know, for us being able to have really our core values on display and accessible in a tangible way, um, you know, so we can flip through an album and our why is very visible. And you can, you know, look at our house, at our canvases that we have, and really our core values are on display there. Um, and so I support in that sense because it, it aligns very much so with with my why. So.
0: That makes sense. And yeah, when we were talking about um, the idea of creating systems and understanding your why and then tying that into your family, I think I think that all just makes sense. You, you guys ultimately have each other. You have your kids that are so absolutely important to your life. And so you're creating systems that ultimately enable you to have that, that freedom and the flexibility to dedicate that time and energy and effort to your family, which is so, so important. And it's it's easy to kind of lose track of that sometimes as business owners, but having that clear why is so important. We'll definitely uh, link to Simon Sinek's book um, in the show notes as well for those of you listening who, and who haven't read that book. And of course, you can just go, uh, search on YouTube and, and find some of his talks as well. Um, But Mm -hmm. I'm curious though, when we talk about this idea of creating free time, are are there systems in place that you have to help create that free time for yourself? Or are there other tools, tips, tricks that, that you guys utilize to create that free personal time for yourselves?
2: Yes. For free time for us, we definitely have to schedule it. (laughs) So like on every Tuesday night is our date night. So that's our night where Tavis and I get to go out and my mom watches the kids and we can just have a chance to reconnect when we feel like all week we've just been. I mean, we're working side by side, but it's not the same (laughs) as taking time off and hanging out. So we have that. And we also schedule Sunday as our family day, like no working, no checking email. Um, nothing like that. I mean, of course there are exceptions to that in the fall. We are doing sessions sometimes on Sundays, but, and actually we bring the kids with us. to so. Oh, no yeah, way. That's getting, cool. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, hey, they're, like... they're really great at making other kids smile. Is it's, true? It, it, it really, kids
2: like to smile at kids. They
1: do. Oh man. I'll hold my son and have him hold like one of the kids toys or bunnies and, uh, it's, it's better than anything I could have brought. So
0: <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, they probably make the adults smile too, for that matter.
2: Yes, oh, they yeah. do. They think we're crazy. We're they acting do. crazy yeah. to get them to we smile. We look
0: insane. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's really great, though. That's cool. Well, I, I bet, too, having them around the business, at least occasionally, will ultimately, as they get older, of course, and begin to understand a little bit more about what you're doing. I bet that kind of experience and exposure to business is going to be really, really important in their growth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Even, even just this last session I took my son to, when you talk about, you know, them being around uh, some of the things that we're doing during a photo shoot, he understood what I was trying to get uh, the clients to do. They had uh, two young kids and I would say, you know, three, two, one smile, look here and, you know, give a few yoo-hoos and stuff. And he would sit on my lap and, and uh, Amy videoed it at one point because it was just so Cute, and he would get the kids' attention by you know yelling or saying you hoo" or okay, just mimicking.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah just no way. That's me. so great.
1: And, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like I, you know, I'm gonna have to start paying this kid. And <laughs> so.
0: It That's was, hilarious. really
1: fun. Really great to see that.
2: Yeah. But I mean, so those are just some exceptions where we bring them to sessions. But for the most part, we do just actually have to be intentional about scheduling time with them and showing them that we're present in the moment and not constantly trying to multitask and, you know. Yeah. Cause, I mean, because since email is on our phone, it's so easy just to check here and there and, oh, just a second, I'm just going to write back really fast. But we definitely have to be intentional about being present or it won't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And when we say schedule, uh, you know, Amy and I have uh, pretty much a rule that. Um, if it doesn't end up on the calendar i mean if it if if it truly isn't inputted in we share we have a google calendar we share if it's not in there it usually typically doesn't happen or it doesn't become a priority and something gets scheduled over the top of it yep. For all of our companies um we have scheduling software to where if there's availability we have clients and different consultations that are scheduling themselves and so um being very intentional with that is important and then there's the you know um this concept of balance too when we talk about you know how how we make time for family and and uh, everything that's involved with that and for us we realized uh, you know early on that Really, there is no balance. If you see my air quotes <laughs> on that one, yes. Um, and it's just seasons of essentially, you know. Sometimes we'll be working sixty to seventy hours a week, uh, some seasons, and then others we have weeks, you know, off at a time or little pockets off at a time. And as we make these leaps forward with whether it's you know starting other companies or growing a certain you know area of our current company, we full on recognize that that will impact the amount of time that we have, you know, with our our friends and. Family. Family. But it's a clear choice because, uh, you know, as we implement systems, that pendulum begins to swing back and you have more you know, financial freedom as well as you have more time as you, as you build your staff and your team.
0: Oh, there's there's so many different directions we can go here. I was literally nodding. Of course, you can't see me, and our listeners can't see me. I was <laughs> nodding as you were talking because this is, mm-hmm. again, this is very much aligns with um, with my philosophy and my value set too when it comes to running a business. But first of all, the intent, the word intentional or intentionality, it's it's so important. And I've I've heard it a lot even in the last week or two. But I think it's so important to to apply, especially when it comes to the relationships in our life. And you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we've we've got to we've got to make a living for ourselves and and as business owners and and you guys this case you've got a couple of companies that so happens to be the way that we generate an income and that we're saving for our future but at relationships at the end of the day that's that's what we all have and and you know time is not renewable so time with our our family and then ultimately our friends as well is also not renewable and and i'm reminded of this when i think back to my childhood, and how important it was to me to actually get a chance to have quality, focused time with my dad. My dad was a really busy guy, really focused, extremely disciplined. And um, so, you know, there's opportunities that I had to actually get a chance to, to, whether it was to go fly the remote control airplane with them or, you know, maybe play soccer outside or whatever it might have been to actually get that meant so much. And I just want to make sure that my kids, when they look back on their childhood, they don't feel like oh, my dad was Prioritizing right, work yeah. over me, and and you know, I it's it's so easy to get caught up in the work and and to kind of blame busyness on the work, but it's not so difficult to be intentional to put a date in the calendar to schedule a day off, as you talked about taking Sundays off. It, it just it just takes a little bit of effort to to be proactive in that. And so this is a really good reminder for, again, for me, uh, but also for all of our listeners. And it very much reflects and kind of echoes what we've been talking about here on the podcast. This is really, really great. Now, I you talk about your family life. Let's kind of take a step back to photography. Talk just a little bit about how you got into photography and and, um, what that business looks like now.
2: Well, we started our business, it'll be 10 years ago in April, and we actually started as a video business, just kind of filming our friends' weddings, and I also made little photo montages, um, so that's actually how I started. The name was Memory Montage, and then we just kept it when we did it. No charity. way, okay. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's a fun backstory. Um, yeah, so I was doing the montages and stuff, and um, more and more people, like friends of ours, we were kind of in the getting married age, so we started just doing more favors for friends and charging a little bit and then we're like you know i think we could do this as a business i mean we were in school at the time at the university so it was still just going to be like a summer only job where we would um do some weddings and then i was going to be a teacher during the year i'm not a teacher so that didn't work out but anyway (laughs) but so so we signed up for the wedding show and we were going to start booking weddings and they were like well actually do you want to be in the photography category as well as video and we're like okay sure why not Uh, this sounds crazy because we totally just fell into the business. And looking back now, um, you know, I can't believe it just started without really even much of a plan or any goals (laughs) in place. We were way different people back then. We didn't have any like goals or plans. We were just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And I I mean, I'm I'm very thankful it all worked out. Here we are now. Um, Our company photographs about 70 weddings a year, but we have different charges to do it. So um, Tavis and I did about 35 of those this year and we're on track to do about the same next year. And so I would say that weddings, um, definitely are our specialty, but we also do family portraits as well.
1: Yeah. And kind of, you know, I was right along there with Amy, uh, obviously when we were getting going and it was funny, just a, a little more background on that. Um, you know, we, when we were at school, like she said, she was going to be a teacher and I have a degree in, uh, network administration, uh, and business administration. So I'm, I'm, Uh, you know, really just an IT nerd. And uh, she has, uh, her mom took a picture of her at age two taking her first picture. And so Amy has this long line of just seeing the world uh, really through a camera. So when this all kind of took off on us, I basically took the reins of the technical things and she took the, the, you know, the eye and the composition and we were able to really play on each other's strengths there and to be able to, uh, now, now, you know, obviously I, I know a lot about composition. She knows a lot about the technical things and we, we teach it now as well, but, uh, it was fun that that was kind of the start. And then to kind of fast forward to what we're known for now is, is really when clients come to us, uh, they, Especially wedding clients, they come to us, uh, and what they're investing is in, in is peace of mind, uh, experience. And, and experience, and, and because when they when they book with us, we we hold their hand, we script the entire day for them, uh, we tell them what to expect on their wedding day. Because honestly, Amy and I have done hundreds and hundreds of weddings, and um, although I I say that you, you know no wedding is the same. You know, most of them are very similar, <laughs> and there's not too many things that catch us off guard. And there's always a plan A, B, C, and D uh, when those things happen. And our clients love the fact that no matter what, we'll take the reins and just um, set their day up for success. And uh, so that's what we're known for. And uh, in as it pertains to you know family portraiture and stuff, uh, we're very much so uh, kind of the I guess if you will, the high end, you know, family portrait artists uh, in this area. Are, the product that we offer is, is an heirloom museum quality. And people come to us and, and that's what they want. They want their, their family on display for the rest of their life in their homes and able to pass that on uh, through their generations as well.
0: And oh, side note, you bring your kids to portrait sessions. That's like the, yes. the, the bonus thing, right? That sets you apart? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you no, know, not it's, all it's his big,
0: sessions.
2: I mean, it has to be an appropriate setting. It does have to be appro- yeah
1: appropriate you Yeah, know, and, and our kids have to be in the right mood, too. So oh, I get nice it. Yeah, so yeah. If, they w- if they wake up from a nap and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, he'd do well, uh, then, then he can come. But uh, yeah, we, t- we don't always um, – they don't make it to every session. Let's put it
0: that way. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now, you said you actually photographed 35 weddings this year. Do you guys have like a secret code, these looks that you give each other from across the room to communicate? What's your system?
1: Uh, oh, for for us when...
2: Like at a wedding, you mean?
0: Yeah. Are you, you're. Are you, I'm assuming you're actually photographing together or are you shooting them separately?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Well, it's not necessarily as much secret codes, but uh, when teams are together, you just kind of a- Amy's smiling and laughing right now because she's she's like, oh, no, there's
2: a so code. Funny. I throw yeah. things at you. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: That's no, your system.
2: We, do. we have <laughs> an unspoken thing because we're husband and wife, you know, so I just feel like we just know where each other are going to be. But it's also funny because Tavis just like makes up a few words to thinking that he's funny and like the clients don't know what I mean. <laughs> so he's like <laughs> asking me if I'm taking candies and he's like, have you gotten some cans? I'm, oh, like, goodness. <laughs> Let's not
1: talk about that. We don't need to oh, <laughs> bring a secret language into this. I know.
2: So, yeah, I guess we do have a secret um, married language at a wedding. Yeah, we I have. guess
1: that's true. Yeah. It, you know, now that I think about it, uh, you know. Yeah. So I guess that's true. Yeah. When we talk about details or whether we've gotten something or not, uh, just in passing, we'll talk to each other. Oh, and I guess when when I want to switch lenses and you have a lens that I want, I'll do a hand signal. And so, from across the room, you know what I want to do. Yeah, we have fun together. do. Yeah, but you know what the funny part is, and and this is actually when we uh, train our teams and stuff when they work together. Is there is a little bit of intuitiveness? Is when you work with someone and you've done so many, uh, there you kind of just know where the other person is going to be and what is your responsibility, and then also what needs to be doubled up on just in case, you know, something, an anomaly of some sort, a person or, you know, whatever hops in front of you, then the other person is in position to also get that. Um, and so that's less signals and communication and more just uh, having the intuitiveness of just working together um, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, I
2: mean, even with our associate photographers, we always put them with the same people, the same teams. Right. They're, they know, you know, how the other person is and what they're usually getting and stuff like that, so. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, and it's kind of funny is every once in a while, you know, uh, they we don't always get to work with the, the same people, and in that case, uh, it's funny because the conversation before the wedding is really they both know what to ask for and say, hey, during the ceremony, where 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 do you t- where are you typically, where am I to you know, all these different things. And so even in that scenario, uh, the day is still, uh, you know, the clients would have no idea that they hadn't worked together, I guess, in, on a team, although they've worked under the team of memory montage. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's... Well,
0: and I think that's actually a really great segue, though, in, into talking about what you guys do to manage a team of photographers. You said you shot 70 weddings. You're on track to do that this upcoming year. Um, naturally, um, you're not doing that all on your own. You've got a team. And there's actually what looked to be seven employees, I think, and s- six of those are photographers. If you go to your website, is that, that the case? Yep. Yeah. That is yeah. A, that's a really large team of photographers. And I, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you even moved your business in the direction of of bringing this many team members on.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean now um some weekends we'll have five to six weddings in one weekend which is a lot to take in um but at a time you know it just started with me and tavis and then shortly thereafter we were thinking okay well we're getting these double inquiries for the same date let's start training someone else so we actually brought my sister on the same year we started so in 2008 Mm -hmm. and then um, we trained her up and then also brought on another photographer that had already been doing weddings on his own so we like to try and find people that have already gotten their feet wet with photography, but really just don't like the whole business side of it because we're willing to do that part and they just get to go to the wedding and photograph it and do the fun part. Um, So anyway, in 2010 is when we sent out our first team that wasn't us. And I tell you, it was completely nerve wracking because, (laughs) you know, we just knew how to do everything and we and we just kept thinking, well, what if we forgot to tell them this? And what if they get into this situation to do this? And so it's a little nerve wracking, but um, and so then in 2014 we added our third set. So now we have three teams any given day that can go out. And, you know, a couple of those people have come and gone. So we don't have the same set as we did a few years ago. Um, But now we just have that system in place where our studio manager gets the inquiries. We have different pricing, actually, for us versus our associates. So the couple gets to choose based on availability and the pricing. And then the studio manager books them. And then they meet with a couple. Our photographers meet with a couple once before the wedding day. And then photograph it, drop off the cards, and we do the rest. So that's yeah. kind of how the flow works.
0: Now, did you did you plan on having a photography business that would incorporate multiple photographers? Was this something that just kind of happened as your business grew? How did that process happen?
1: It's, it's kind of funny because when we, it, like we said earlier, when we first started, we, um, not that we didn't, not that we lacked vision, but we really didn't have a clear vision. We didn't have clear whys. you know, all that stuff is stuff that you learn, right? Um, it's not stuff that, you know, you don't just walk down the street and then, you know, someone knows their why and what they're doing and, you know, have goals just in front of them. And so as we began to, to learn more of those things, um, bringing on other photographers, uh, it, at first was just to solve a problem. And the problem was, is that we couldn't clone ourselves turning too many people away and it was our sole source of income. And we're like, you know, Hey, uh, like we can, you know, do twice as many weddings hypothetically. And so that's when we were very methodical about who we brought onto our team. It, it wasn't this like, Hey, let's try you out sort of thing. It was, it was very much so it had to be a good fit and these are all people uh these photographers they're they're professionals in their own in their own studios. Like uh, we have one that specializes in commercial photography, one that specializes in newborn photography and, and kind of so on and so forth. But they don't typically photograph weddings underneath their brand. And so, but they love weddings and they just, but they can't handle the workflow with what they're known for in, in the community. And so that's where uh, they jump on with us and they're able to enjoy the wedding, enjoy, you know, kind of just everything that stands for and then turn the cards over and then the rest of the workflow is, is taken care of. And it's kind of funny, uh, Nathan, because when I'm going through the consultations booking a wedding client and – all of our examples is a mixture of all the, all the photography from all of our photographers. And unless they have an art degree or some very trained eye, they're hard pressed to really tell the difference between one photographer and another. That's awesome. Um, and, a, and a lot of that has to do with the, the systems of, you know, like, uh, when we send stuff to you guys, um, or to, uh, photographers at it, you know, it's, it all gets edited. The flow, the, the back end, the sorting is all done by the same staff. I and mean, so although the photographers are changing, um, the rest of the workflow is not um and so that's where we are able to control that experience
2: yeah and i mean although we started to solve a problem just that we didn't want to turn people away after the first set of photographers we added is when we really started to think okay this is a business that we want to scale and grow and eventually it would be nice that tavis and i didn't have to photograph at all but we could still you know have the income coming in so i'd say that was kind of that became the why of why we have been adding more photographers yeah
0: well, I, I'm curious, how does how does the process of managing this larger team of photographers happen behind the scenes? I'm, I'm assuming you're using uh, the CRM software or something to that effect for for the sake of booking, but how do you actually make sure that they're following kind of a given system? I mean, did you guys, once you started hiring photographers, did you start to write out the process for them where they literally have a manual to look at? It was just a manner of well, sitting yeah. down and meeting or what did that look like?
2: Yeah, um, well, first of all, a lot of our photographers did a summer internship with us first oh, cool. um, and so they actually got to witness 10 to 15 weddings and how we would do it and I'm kind of crazy with people and notes and details so I'm having take a lot of notes and I tell them pretty much the thought process behind everything I do in addition to we have our mission vision and value so that's kind of like our company's overall
1: guiding you know, compass yeah, yeah. so right.
2: they've always got that to answer all of their questions of like what to do in different situations but then I also have the employee handbook just about how to act and what to do and then also a very very thick book of details yeah. about everything you could think about on a wedding day which wow. i know when they read through it once it's not all going to stick but at least you know it is covered there so they can maybe refer back to it if they need help but um i think you need so, to create like
0: an audiobook version of it so they can listen to it on the way to the wedding each time <laughs> I know, or something
2: that's like all within the initial like hiring process is at least an internship or come shadow us at a few weddings read through all this stuff and then also once a year we just have an overall um, photographer's training and actually that's where we took that photo that's on our website of our whole staff just because that's really the only time when we're all together other than that just kind of coming and going from the office so I do have that training as well just to make sure we're on the same page and then after every wedding I give a little bit of feedback both good and bad and honestly I'm never expecting perfection I don't ever think that they are going to become me and do it exactly how I want it to Mm -hmm. but you know there are guidelines and there's just a basis of what we're looking for and they kind of each have a little bit different of a style but it all falls under the umbrella of memory montage so I'm not like um super controlling I've I realized a long time ago like I said that I have to kind of let some of that go they're still giving the brides and grooms a great experience and that's what I care about and then all the other little details to kind of just fall into place
0: yeah and, and Tavis, what role did you play in in creating those those systems because you're you're a systems guy was was the actual outlining of those systems more your job while, Amy was communicating the nuanced details of the day what how did that process the collaboration? what did that look like?
1: You know, Amy honestly is the uh, she is the master system maker. I am I am the dreamer in terms of all of the systems I would love to have in place, and she's the one that reels me in on the ones that are
0: realistic. <laughs> you can't geek out uh, on us too much, Travis. Yeah. I
1: can't. I can't. No. And so, uh, so no. Amy. Amy pretty much. Um, you know, uh, we collaborated on creating those systems. And then, of course, she typed it up, uh, you know, in terms of the, the physical, you know, what they end up being. But um, one thing that it really called, falls into to my um, court is a lot of the technical stuff like you were alluding to is uh, one huge draw and kind of a perk to the photographers that do work for us is that I'm available uh, to to train them in whatever area is a weakness. And so not all of our photographers are excellent at external lighting, you know, remote lighting setups and whatnot. And so um, I'm available to to teach them and to help them. And that is something that can translate directly back into their business, you know, whether it be newborn photography or commercial photography. Um, And so I'm always taking the uh you know, making sure that they're technically sound and that their head, you know, I use the term their head is not in the camera during the wedding day, but it's also, you know, it's with the client. And then your hands are just doing what they need to do to create the portrait. And when you're able to get out of your head uh or get out of the camera, if you will, settings and technical and focus on the client. That's where the experience really raises to a whole new level. Um, And a lot of our photographers actually... It's kind of funny because uh, they, they first came to a photography class that we taught, which was like a one-on-one photography class teaching the fundamentals of photography. And then they signed up to be an intern with us and kind of, you know, do all those weddings like Amy mentioned. And then eventually they became kind of a candidate for someone that we would consider uh, to be a photographer for us. Um, and so that's kind of what my role has been is really kind of facilitating the, that, I guess I call it my... My feeder pool, <laughs> all the way up to, <laughs> all the way up to, uh, you know, actually, you know, getting them in place, and and uh, but the systems is funny. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're always in in movement. They're always being changed, not necessarily changed to a big extent, but they're being updated and moved around because clients have different needs, we have different expectations as Amy change policies. Yeah, different policies as Amy and I grow in our skills and, and mindset and stuff too. We're we're adding to that. And so it's a very much so it's very fluid and our our staff knows that. And that's why we have a clear mission statement and a clear vision and core values. And so um if there's ever anything we we may maybe haven't covered which is <laughs> which is rare um, but if there is, um, then they can always fall back on it and say, hey, this is this is their non-negotiable. This is their core value. And they're able to then act on that. Um, and then uh, kind of the to, you know, end or, you know, or kind of dovetail off of that is one thing that we always work with with our staff. It's this concept of having extreme ownership, and so if you guys haven't had a chance to read the book Extreme Ownership, uh, it is—it's a really big deal to Amy and I. We use it in our family, we use it in our in our workplace, and even in our friendships. And it's this this concept of that, you know, every decision that happens, you know, instead of it being, you know, uh, someone else's fault, that at some point during the line, it, we have to take ownership over how that happened. This this goes all the way down to even when we get wedding inquiries that maybe aren't a good fit, maybe they're not a qualified person. Technically, that's our fault that our marketing even reached to them, that we didn't target it specific enough, or maybe, you know, someone that was word of mouth that they didn't understand our brand enough to be able to refer us in a good way. And so, so when it comes to our photographers and our staff, they know that that is a huge concept to us. And so instead of them coming to us with a problem, they come to us with the ownership that they're taking over that problem. And then we just get to the core of it and we're able to move along a lot faster.
2: Yeah, or like when problems do come up with photographers, I'm um, instead of saying they should have done this or they should have done that, Tavis and I really just try and start with, well, the reason this happened is because we didn't prep them in this way or whatever, and I just feel like it's able to keep the peace around here even better. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. And it's allowed us to just give our photographers a little more grace because you know they're learning what we want, and we're trying to tell them everything you know yeah. that we want and stuff like that. So,
0: well, I, I'd love the you know we go back to this word intentionality. It's you're not only in your personal life but in your business. You've been extremely intentional in creating a system that ultimately enables you to scale your company, um, that easily um, or at least efficiently, anyway, enables you to be able to teach and to guide and lead a team of photographers that mm-hmm. effectively reflect your brand. Yeah. And I think that's that's really really powerful. And you know, even even this this last concept that you're talking about of taking ownership, that wouldn't be possible if they weren't clear on the why that actually drives your brand, that the mission, the values. Um, that that drive your brand, you've communicated that really, really specifically with them. But um, ultimately, you've put the systems in place that enable them to to take ownership in the business, the way that they're engaging with their clients, that they're dealing, addressing problems. And you ultimately now have a, a business that is scalable that enables you to be able to to grow without you necessarily having to put that many more hours into the company, you can you can be hands off. You can let the team run the show, which is really really powerful. And it's a good example for all of our our listeners, even if they don't have a team of photographers they're they're not considering going that route anytime soon. These principles are highly applicable not only to all of our personal lives, but ultimately to even running a, a sole proprietorship where you're the sole photographer. We still have resources and services out there that you can take advantage of um, where you can delegate that work to the various services and ultimately more effectively, more efficiently run your business because you're putting those scalable systems in place. Uh, so these, these principles are all highly applicable. And this has been really, really great for, for all of our listeners. I really can't thank you guys enough for, for making time to share so much valuable information. Of
1: course. It's been very fun.
0: Well, and, and I'd love for you to to share just real quickly, if you will, where um, our listeners can find you guys online. I, I mentioned I mispronounced your name guild earlier, it's Guild, but Tavis oh, and Amy okay. Guild. Um, <laughs> yeah. your your website is is memorymp.com, is that correct?
2: Yeah. Well, we also have a personal website that just kind of shows our our different companies because we own a couple. So Tavis and Amy dot com kind of just leads to our personal website where it shows our photography business. And we also own a canvassing company, Whitmire Canvas.
1: Yeah. So we talked about timeshare a little bit too, you know, how, how it's split up. And so I'm doing memory montage stuff, you know, on the photography side of things Then I'm also, you know, running our manufacturing company, which is uh, Whitmire canvassing company. So with that, you know, we're offering museum quality canvassing for professional photographers. And so you can find us kind of through there or through memory montage. And then also I do business coaching outside of that as well. Um, and you can kind of through the Tavis and Amy.com, you can connect with us on, on that level as well. Wow. Yeah,
2: so if anyone out, else- out there is listening and wants to buy a cool canvassing company check out there my we canvas. go yeah. <laughs> shameless, <laughs> plug, plug,
0: shameless plug, <laughs> plug? i love it
1: with a smile
0: on my face. <laughs> absolutely well no we'll make sure to link to to all of this uh in the show notes including the resources that we talked about but um yeah truly guys thank you so much for making time amidst your busy schedule uh for the yeah. boca podcast uh you've been absolutely wonderful
1: thank you thank you for having us
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by photographersedit custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com.